Fight them, ma. 
Welcome to Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, July 13th, 2018. Thank you all so much for listening. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We're in San Francisco on Ohlone land. And providing a, a trigger warning, we'll be talking about news and current events and things that are currently happening and providing just that upfront so folks who are maybe listening for the first time have an understanding of what this program is about. We also do play music in the meantime, and music certainly makes me feel a lot better. We're in the, the long haul, everybody. So we do have a guest coming in around 1230, and that's Rachel Herzig. And we'll be talking about prison abolition and many things that's connected to and very much looking forward to that conversation. Folks are welcome to call in. Our phone number is 415-550-0511. There's a lot to get to, and uh, usually with the program, there's only so much we can focus on, and we'll do, I'll do my best to get to what we can. <sighs> where, where to start exactly? We could start with um, lots of sending lots of solidarity and gratitude to the folks who are occupying space outside the ICE buildings across the country, people who have been met with police and resistance from the state, um, sending lots of love and gratitude to the folks who are who are doing that and have done that. And for folks who don't believe in direct action or think that voting is the only way to go, please understand that the folks who were occupying land outside the ICE headquarters here in San Francisco halted all deportations in Northern California for a week. So it's effective, it works, and please, if you haven't already, please consider going in person, helping out in any way you can, helping spread the word, drop off supplies, donations, support folks who do that. Um, it's more, more folks are needed. And this is happening around the country, too. There are folks in Portland. I was watching some live feed yesterday of folks in Portland. The police showed up and started shining really bright lights 
in order to keep people awake, in order to prevent people from filming. People were filming anyway, and it, it ended up being a, a dance party. So folks were really just showing up and not letting the intimidation happen. There have been occupations in Philadelphia, Atlanta, Tacoma, New York, LA, San Diego. And that also brings me to vigils that will be happening tonight on Friday, Friday the 13th. So if you're in any of these towns, and if you're not in any of the towns that I mentioned, also please consider starting something up in your own town as well. This is what it, it takes. It's everyone can participate. It's, you, you don't need any, it's, it's all, anyone can, anyone can help out. And there's diversity of tactics. There's many ways that folks can participate. And we know that the majority of the world is upset about what's happening and has been happening for generations. So please do check in with folks you know who are also interested and begin organizing and also listen to the folks who have been organizing for a long time because this has been going on for previous, through previous administrations. Which brings me up to, there's an activist who was interviewed on, ugh, Piers Morgan, gross. I'm sorry I had to even say his name. Uh, folks, I, I wasn't gonna, I'm not going to play the clip even though she totally shut him down because he's just so obnoxious um, and he was kind of making this point like, oh, you're protesting against Trump. Why weren't you protesting against Obama? And she was like, yeah, we were protesting against Obama. And she had to spell out that she literally was a communist. And it's this idea that a lot of folks have been speaking up for a long time. And it's extremely frustrating when folks can't recognize that or don't listen. And another, it's another means for direct action too, because we know under when we've had democratic leaders they participate as well. I read a story last week. Folks are welcome to listen in. If you go to mutinyradio.fm, you can check in on the archive. There are plenty of Democrats who are profiting off folks being incarcerated through the deportations, through ICE, through private prisons. And that's why a lot of us don't trust Democrats. If more of, if more of them were actually like Maxine Waters and spoke the truth, that would be different. However, there's a lot of Democrats who... I'm not, I, if you want to hear me get angry at them, listen to the last week's episode. I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's just that a lot of us don't necessarily believe that voting can change a lot. So, And there are other ways, more immediate ways for folks to take action. I think that's the thing I'm also looking to say, is I'm a big believer in direct action. And there was the quote going around, if your children were kidnapped, would you wait until November to do something about it? And that's what direct action's about. It's about taking action right now. Lots of ways to participate. There's also folks who are boycotting certain companies that are linked with ICE and private prisons. There are employees who are demanding that their employers stop that. So there's a lot of different ways to participate. It takes a very small percentage of the population to shut things down. There are currently folks who work for Amazon striking, like over 1,000 workers in Spain. So also folks... I'll do an anti-plug <laughs> as we do on the show. Don't shop at Amazon. Don't log on to their website. If you're a Prime member, Amazon Prime member, that sounds so weird to say, uh, please consider stopping your membership. There are a lot of different ways to participate. A lot of different ways. And I understand under capitalism, it's, it's difficult to survive. And I think a lot of us also st still have choices in the matter. And we can make certain choices to stop giving money to large corporations that seek out to harm people. 
some advice. I don't know. Advice is a silly word, but that's what I don't know. That's where, that's where that's why we're here. That's one one thing to do is to talk about options. There's a lot of options and a lot of ways folks can participate. So we'll be playing uh, words from folks who are at Occupy SF. Uh, there, there are direct words, so we'll be playing that in English and in Spanish very shortly. I'm going to go over a few news headlines first. Um, some positive news headlines for once, and that's about folks taking action. There's articles going around saying that 45 staff claims they are getting harassed all over Washington. I say keep it up. More power. I mean, the fact that that's all that's happening to them, I think they're getting off pretty lucky. Considering the harm they cause, they're passing policies that are literally killing people. If you can't get dinner in a restaurant, consider yourself fucking lucky if you are in part participating and moving to create a world where even more people are harmed. If that's the, if that's the worst thing that's happening to you, Okay, you know how I feel about that. So again, gratitude for the folks who are doing that, holding these elected, quote-unquote, elected officials responsible, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Their, their minor inconveniences are nothing compared to what many folks go through on a daily basis. So that's, that's good. There's also a quite a fun story that um, comes... <laughs> comes from our the anim, animals out there and there <laughs> i often think i i am it's we hear about more and more laws that go into harming the environment whether it's just measurements measures that kind of go back to allowing companies and large corporations to pollute and harm the environment to also people being allowed to hunt endangered species and I've often fan I fantasize about a lot of things. I don't always share them on the air. However, I think about a lot of these animals that are hunted and thinking about, I don't know, these elephants kind of taking revenge and a lot of the animals taking revenge on hunters who are killing them and the, and the people who run businesses that profit off the death of animals. And I think about them getting revenge, and this happened. Because there's a story that came out yesterday, which I think a lot of folks are really happy about. Paul Ryan says his car was eaten by woodchucks. I, I couldn't make this up. I think that's great. It's adorable. Uh, go, go woodchucks. And stepping up where, or showing up where humans might not be able to, uh, animals are on our side. Go woodchucks. I think that's great. And again, if that's the worst thing, if that's the worst thing that's happened to you, Paul, considering how you're trying to strip people of their health care, by, by all means, we don't care. <sighs> So po positive things. All right. Well, I am going to now. S whoops, we're a bit DIY here. There's technical things happening all the time. Also, I want to throw out if you would like to throw out, suggest if you like to support the radio station. There are many ways to do so. Go to meetnewradio.fm. We also have a lot of available slots here. So if you're interested in having a show of your own, it's a hundred bucks a month to get it two hours a week space. You can broadcast anything you want: music, comedy, spoken word news, politics, conversations, anything you'd like. Um, we're always looking for more voices, so please do check out mutinyradio.fm for that, as well as our other, a lot of other great programs here on the show. And also, uh, it's difficult to ask for donations. I don't do it very often. If you'd like to donate to the show in particular, I uh, greatly appreciate it. Patreon.com forward slash Weekly Rev. Um, the donations, the, uh, they go to uh, paying for the space. Anything above that, I greatly appreciate. Thank you so much. 
that's the uh, that's the pl- I don't really do plugs. You see, that's not really my thing. And also, thank you to the folks who donate. I really, really appreciate it a lot. It's super validating. Thank you. So now we're gonna go play. We we being me, I'm going to play um, some audio from the Occupy Ice SF camp. And these were their words. So I wanted just to play them. Also. I don't think I need to tell listeners just how fucked up the mainstream media is and how often the narratives are stilted and go in support of law enforcement and the state and really repressive regimes. And it's really crucial that we elevate the voices of the people and the folks who are actually doing the work and give them a, a space to speak their truth so the so the actual, what's actually happening um, gets out there. All right, I can't, yeah, all right, that's my introduction. I don't know. Um, you know, okay, I'm not gonna, (laughs) okay, so here we go. We're here because we are and are in solidarity with undocumented immigrants, not only from Latin America, but from all around the world. We are calling for the abolition of immigrants and custom enforcement. ICE was created in 2003 as means of enforcing and mandate of the Department of Homeland Security. Thus, ICE and was created as a part of post-9-11 racist and imperialist and colonial nationalist favor rooted in poli- political values of surveilling, criminali- criminalizing, and ethnically cleansing non-white people and communities. Informed and led by the work of undocumented organizers, we can envision a blueprint for alternatives to detention, particularly any kind of detention that calls for the inhumane treatment of children and indefinite detention of families. We are also standing against the system of border imperialism that makes arbitrary definitions of citizenship. This includes the citizenship of naturalized American citizens who are being threatened with denaturalization. If we seek to abolish ICE, all of its tentacles must be abolished. Since 2003, ICE has attempted to transform state and local law enforcement into deportation machines. In the Bay Area, both Alameda and Contra Costa counties have violated sanctuary policy by sharing the information of undocumented people with federal immigration agencies. These violations of human rights alone empower us to demand abolition and, in solidarity, demand non-criminalizing alternatives to for-profit immigration detention centers that financially benefit from the misery of immigrant communities. Estamos aquí porque somos y estamos en solidaridad con inmigrantes y documentados, no solo de Latinoamérica, sino de todo el mundo. Hacemos un llamado para la abolición del servicio de inmigración y control de aduendas. ICE se creó en el 2003 como un medio para cumplir un mandato del Departamento de Seguridad Nacional. Por lo tanto, ICE se ha creado como parte del fervor nacionalista, racista, imperialista y colonial de post 9-11 enrizando en los valores políticos de vigilar, criminalizar y limpiar 
enticadamente a, la a las personas y las comunidades y personas de color. Informados y, y guiados por el trabajo de los organizadores indocumentados, podemos imaginar un plan para las alternativas de la detención, particularmente cualquier tipo de detención que requería el tanto inhumano de los niños y la detención indefinida indefinida de las familias. También nos oponemos a un sistema de imperialismo fronterizo que establece definiciones atrilleras de cuidadanía. Esto incluye la ciudadana de ciudadanos estadounidenses naturalizados que están siendo amenazados con la detronalación, desnaturalización. Si buscamos abolir ICE, sus tentáculos también deben ser abolidos. Desde el 2003, ICE ha intentado transformar la aplicación de la ley estatal y local hacia una máquina de deportación. En, en el área de la bahía, como los condados de Alameda y Contracosta han violado la ley del santuario al compartir la información de las personas indocumentadas con las agencias federales de inmigración. Estas violaciones de los derechos humanos por así solas motivan para exigir la población en solidaridad y exigir alternativas sin criminalización. Denunciamos a los centros de detención de inmigrantes como fines del lucro que se benefician de la miseria de las comunidades de inmigrantes. All right. So those were some words from folks at Occupy ISSF. And again, sending much love and solidarity to all the folks around the country who are taking direct action. We're going to take a bit of a music break. And when we'll, we're back, we'll have a guest here with us. So please do stay tuned. And you're listening to Mutiny Radio. Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether you're solar wave sun or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could a Caucasian or a poor Asian. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. My dad came into my room holding his hat. I knew he was leaving. He sat on my bed, told me some facts, son. I have a duty calling on me You and your sister be brave my little soldier And don't forget all I told you You're the mister of the house now remember this And when you wake up in the morning give your mama a kiss Then I had to say goodbye In the morning woke mama with the kiss on each eyelid Even though I'm only a kid Certain things can't be hit 
Mama grabbed me, held me like I was made to go, but left her in the stories untold. I said, Mama, it'll be alright when Daddy comes home tonight. There's a long range weapon, a suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether you're solar wave sun or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could have Caucasian or Rapporation. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether Halliburton and run or anyone greed is a weapon of mass destruction. We need to find Courage, overcome inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. My story stops here. Let's be clear, this scenario is happening everywhere And you ain't going to Nirvana or Farvana You coming right back here to live out your karma With even more drama than previously Seriously Just how many centuries have we been waiting For someone else to make us free And we refuse to see That people overseas suffer just like we Badly the ship and egos unfettered and free Feed on the people they supposed to lead I don't need the people to pray and wait For the Lord to make it all straight There's only now do it right Cause I don't want your daddy Leave your home tonight Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether you're solar waste sun or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could have Caucasian or Rapporation. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether Halliburton and run or anyone greed is a weapon of mass destruction. We need to find Courage, overcome inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction.
you could've stayed home, just cried and cussed Mail your guns go off if it's time to bust Mail they tanks have time to rust They got the armies turning bullets into gold They got the hookers turning tricks into coal And every time the police kicks in the dough An angel gas breaks dips in the O And even if a D-boy flips in my O It ain't enough to buy shit anymore Sleep in the doorway, piss on the floor Look in the sky, wait for missiles to show It's finna blow, cause they got the TV We got the truth they own the judges and we got the proof We got hella people, they got helicopters They got the bombs and we got the, we got the We got the Talking about a revolution sounds whisper. Don't you know? Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. While they're standing in the welfare lines, crying at the 
the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion All right, and welcome back to the Weekly Review. I'm joined by Rachel Herzing. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I first um, met you in James Tracy's class at CCSF, and I really appreciated um, hearing what you had to say in our class. We were talking about prison abolition. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. And as uh, listeners of the show know, that's definitely one of the many things that a lot of us are pushing for in this world. So. Well, I'm glad to hear it. More is better, I think, in that regard. <sighs> yes, indeed. And I think growing up in this country, a lot of folks end up getting brainwashed into thinking that it's somehow a solution, even though it causes more harm than good. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> Um, yeah, so earlier on the show, I was speaking about Occupy ICE and really appreciating the folks doing direct action to halt the deportations. And it's, it's so crucial for folks to understand just how everything is connected with private prisons and how it just causes so much harm and trauma to so many people here. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a long uh, history of attempts, um, and I would say mostly unsuccessful attempts to try to bridge some of the divides between how people understand kind of, um, you know, the traditional prison industrial complex, imprisonment, policing, jails, um, and then the kind of the criminal legal system and then how people understand kind of immigrant detention, deportation, those kinds of proceedings and how, you know, the interests do overlap. There's a lot of differences. The systems are very different in a mm. lot of ways, but a lot of the people are impacted similarly. Yes. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, I think, been a, a huge gap in the organizing work over the years mm. to kind of combine those in a really meaningful way, even though, like I said, there's a history of attempts to try to bind those together in in logic and in action in ways that kind of benefit everybody, yes. right? Yeah. So I think, you know, one like little indication of that is that I think we've seen a decrease, for instance, in, you know, the migrant justice movement using you know, we're not criminals as kind of the, the baseline. Yes, and I think yeah. on the other side, we've seen like a little bit more, um, you know, work to help uh, stop citing, you know, new deportate, I'm sorry, detention facilities um, to help people understand the, the kind of connections between ICE and other kinds of law enforcement. And so, you know, there are kernels of that yes. there, but um, but I always wish those were better friends than they are. Yeah, yeah, definitely, considering that we, we have the numbers. It's just a matter of how we can collaborate and help one another. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's... Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> it's it's a lot, for sure. And I'm just curious as to, you know, what can happen next. And I appreciate what you're, you're saying about how, the, the, you know, folks need to, like, listen to one another and yeah. how to make the argument as in all-encompassing and inclusive as possible. Yeah, while not losing sight of the specificities, right? So what right. actually are the kind of material differences mm-hmm. um, between having to go through detention uh, proceedings or deportation proceedings versus, you know, jail or imprisonment? Um, so to kind of keep in mind those things, but also see where there's a lot more kind of shared fate and the opportunity for shared action. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious as to how folks um, right now can, like, work to combine um you know what's happening i'm yeah yeah i am too yeah yeah <laughs> i am too yeah i have a lot of like ideas and i feel like it's difficult to put those ideas into either words or actions cuz it's it's yeah how does one 
yeah, put plans into action and like work with everyone. And since so many people have their own perspectives on things and what and what they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I'm an advocate of organizations. I know yeah. not everybody is, but I'm um, a huge advocate of like joining an organization rather than trying to go it alone. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So I think there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, um, outraged or, you know, cumulative effect of, you know, years and years of things that they kind of can't tolerate and they want to take action. And to my mind, the best way to do that is to to join up with a group. Um, I favor an organization. I know there's a yeah. lot of people out there that like to do things in other kinds of formations. But, um, you know, I guess the main point of that for me is like, don't try to go it alone. Just you know, yes. find some people, mob up, and also figure out what where the movements are, yeah. right? So you don't probably have to reinvent everything. There's probably something going on that's fairly similar to yes. what you're interested in. Yeah. And figure out how to get up and kind of build rather mm-hmm. than start from scratch over and over. Right. And I also appreciate that it's really learning from folks who have been doing that work for generations instead of, yeah, again, as you mentioned, you know, just starting new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, lots to lots to consider. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the work that you've been doing at all? Sure. I mean, right now the work that I do is with an organization called uh, Center for Political Education. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a Bay Area-based organization. We have an office here in the Mission, um, but we work, um, you know, mostly in Oakland and San Francisco. Uh, but we try to cover the Bay. Yeah. Um, and we're a movement resource. So we are a organization that is um, a vehicle for helping movement building. And we help organizations uh, learn their movement history, help sharpen mm. their analysis, help do technical assistance to figure out how do you fight better and smarter so wow. that our movements are more impactful, they're stronger, they're more unified. Um, this is our 20th anniversary, oh, wow. so um, we're, we're celebrating 20 years of movement building in the Bay Area. Um, we run classes, we do programming of all different sorts, and we work kind of uh, intensively with individual organizations as well. And if people want to find us, they can find us at politicaleducation.org. Oh, that's great. That sounds really helpful for a lot of folks. Something else I was interested in talking about was just burnout, which I know a lot of folks have a activists where there's that how to how to turn oneself off sometimes when it becomes too much and it's difficult can be difficult to find that balance i think and yeah i i have a slightly different orientation toward that Mm -hmm. um you know than i know some people do i think um i find energy from the work so i think if you're working well and you're working with the right people, mm-hmm. um, then that feeds you yes, and, yes. and you're less likely to just kind of be suffering from burnout. I yeah. think if you try to do more than you can handle, mm. so if you try to spread yourself too thin or be everywhere, yeah. if you are a victim of FOMO and you have to be up in everything <laughs> or if you're not being strategic about how you work, mm. um, yeah, I think you can fall prey to burnout. Yes. Um, but I think if you work well and you work with the people who are good for you to be working with um, on things that make sense to you, then the work should give you energy. Yeah. And, you know, I worry sometimes. I think, you know, taking good care of yourself and good care of your community obviously is a very, very important thing. And we want people to be able to be in the fight for the long term. And so mm-hmm. we want people to be well. Yes. Physically well, mentally well, et cetera. We want our communities to be well. Um and I think, you know, I worry a little bit about 
conversations around self-care that kind of replace individual need, individual Mm -hmm. health um, with kind of what's good for the community. Mm -hmm. And so while we're balancing those things, um, my my goal is always to figure out, okay, how can I keep working in a way that allows me to be well, that allows my community to be well? Yes. And that's a trick, right? That's not easy. We have to, you know, figure out how to do that through some trial and error. Yeah. yeah, I, I think if if you're burning out, that's probably a sign that you're not working the right way for mm, you. Right, right. And then, yeah, also so many different ways to to work. Like, yeah. I totally uh, believe in diversity of tactics and like everyone can contribute something and it doesn't have to be the same thing. And also it's okay to take breaks. Yep, absolutely. <sighs> yeah, definitely feels like the it's like the long haul. Yeah, and I think we're in a period now where a lot of people are feeling a lot of crisis in really acute ways and... I think, you know, figuring out how to pace yourself in a way that keeps you engaged and connected to people um, while also thinking about, like, what is your actual carrying capacity? What are you able to do well at any given time, you know, while taking care of the obligations that you might have to other parts of your life um, are actually really crucial. Yes. Um, But, you know, as long as we live under capitalism, there are going to be certain kinds of pressures that are gonna, you know, make that a challenge for us. And right. I think, right. You know, that's that's a thing that we have to negotiate constantly. Yes. Yeah. That's something I think about quite often. Where, how does? Yeah. People are under so much pressure that just even to survive, or to show up, is can feel like a lot. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think you know, as you were saying, there's a lot of ways to be involved. So I also don't think mm-hmm. we need to shame people who don't, you know run a hundred percent all the time. Right. But right. we also need to figure out where are there spaces for people to get in? What yes. kind of opportunities are we creating for people to get in? Yeah. I re- yeah, definitely. There is that. And I've had folks in the past few months reaching out to me of ways to get involved. And it's always, you know, it's always interesting as to, okay, which either organization should I point them to or which action or rally, or if folks have access to capital, then it's oftentimes like, please do support the folks who are doing the work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just seems that's there definitely are a number of folks who are willing and ready to get involved. So it's just a Absolutely. matter of knowing where to direct them. Yeah. And it has to be compelling for them, right? It mm-hmm. can't just be like, come to the meeting. It's like toward what end, what's good to do. Um, and how are people actually connecting with things so they want to stick around, they want to make yes. longer-term commitments? Yeah, definitely. There, There is that as well. Oh, so is there anything happening currently that you'd like to, to speak about with the organization? or? Um, I don't have anything, anything to pitch particularly mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're working on a class, a uh, four-week class, called The Spirit of 68, which looks at the period of 1968 and draws lessons for contemporary organizers. And so we took applications for that. um, And we have a full, full, full overcapacity class, which I think is so encouraging, you know, that people want to study and they want to study together. Um, And I'm really excited about, you know, um, some of the work that we've been doing in the organization over the years, but this class in particular gives us an opportunity to elevate third worldism, to mm. elevate people's struggles, historical people's struggles, and to really think about in this period where there is a lot of pessimism, where there's a lot of repression, where yes. there's a lot of things to feel really um, pessimistic about. Yes. Um, what are some good lessons that we could draw that might help us, yeah. you know, get a little fighting spirit back in even yeah. during these hard times. So that's been 
um, really, really encouraging to me and that so many people want to be involved Absolutely. is also really encouraging. Absolutely. And I just think how great it would be if, you know, many more folks had access to like classes like that, even, you know, growing up in elementary school through high school, if there was an actual history, you know, or perspective that really included resistance movements and protest Absolutely. movements. Yeah. I mean, we, we get robbed of that history. So we, you know, mm. people of color, I think in particular get told all these stories of how we get beaten and beaten and beaten and we never get told the stories of how we fight back or mm -hmm. how we, we win. Yes, right? Like, yes. You know, so I think I totally agree with you. I think if there were ways that, um, our, uh, communities in particular, but all people who are, you know, kind of fighting people got to hear reflected back to them yeah. here have been the fights. Yes. You know, we don't win every time, but sometimes we win or right. sometimes we make a dent into something that can never kind of go all the way back. And I think mm -hmm. those moments are really crucial for us to not romanticize, but to actually kind of just keep in the, in the context of how we understand how we shift power. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <sighs> yeah. That class sounds great. And yeah, well, keep your eyes open and, and ears open and word of mouth and all of that. Um, oh, cause people, um, come to us a lot of different ways and, you know, we hold classes at least a couple times a year and we okay. have programming all year long. So really, um, encourage people to come through and participate. Oh, that's excellent. One, one benefit of, of having done this show is being able to meet folks and talk with folks such as yourself who are involved with organizations and movements that are just, I think it's easy as you're mentioning earlier, just to feel, uh, either like cynical or depressed and then when the more folks that we know who are doing this work and have been for a long time um it just it f helps me on a, on a personal note it helps me feel a lot, lot, lot ah, excuse me <sighs> helps me feel a lot less alone mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's actually one of the huge benefits of a place like the center for political education mm -hmm. is you know we're non-sectarian we don't have a particular line mm -hmm. um we're kind of a big tent where a lot of people can come in and talk about ideas yeah um, and, you know, I have found being there with people from a variety of sectors, intergenerational setting, yes. people who come with a lot of yeah. different political orientations, just like helps me think more expansively yes, yes. about everything I yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned intergenerational because I feel like that's something else that I would just love to see more of because there's so much to learn from folks who, you know, from older generations and also things to learn from the youth. Mm -hmm. And also as things continue to change it's like there's so much information that we can share with each other and I feel like if there was more of that that would just really benefit so many of us oh I totally agree yeah I totally agree cool ah oh, wow so um another thing I wanted to mention just for for listeners out there is uh, another way for to be in contact with folks who are incarcerated is uh, letter writing and one organization I wanted to mention is black and pink and they um, help connect folks with LGBTQ folks who are incarcerated. And so that's if folks are interested in connecting with, with folks, on, that's one way to, to do it. So for yeah. folks who are listening. Yeah, and I just I want to second that, Roman, because I think for people who are imprisoned, having ongoing contact with people in the outside world is one of the most crucial things to keeping people's spirits up, to keeping their physical health good, mm. to keeping them connected to what's going on. And there are many, many people out there who don't have family or loved ones who um, are able to communicate with them mm. or who do communicate with them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I couldn't agree more. I think 
if you can get up with somebody who can help you figure out how to do that well. And I think Black and Pink is exceptional in how they help people get connected to pen pals. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a really, really important thing to do. And it's an easy thing yes, for people yes. on the outside to be able to do to support somebody who's locked up. Yeah, definitely. It involves writing a letter. And let's also just like, we used to do that more often as humans. And it's it's really easy and it's really rewarding. And to be able to make that contact, it's... Yeah, yeah, that's actually a, a really step. crucial point because I think, you know, sometimes we forget, especially as technology advances so mm. quickly and we stop doing things like writing, right? Yes. We forget that that is not the case for the vast majority of people who are locked up, mm -hmm. that they don't have access to all kinds of stuff mm. that let them communicate in different kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's changing a little, but um, there are many, many, many people for whom like written letters are still their primary mode of communication. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't want people to get left behind. Yes. So I think it's, you know, a, a easy step that people can do and a really important one. Yeah. I also was just remembering that there is the upcoming prison strike in August that I was going to read some more information about. So I don't want to speak too much without, um, mm -hmm. but I know that that's coming up. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, there'll be more information forthcoming. I'm, mm -hmm. I don't have the kind of full knowledge about how that's mm -hmm. going to go down, but I've heard that there are some plans in the works. Yeah. So, <sighs> <sighs> yeah. I, sometimes I wonder if radio is exactly the best medium since I spend a lot of time sighing and taking <laughs> deep breaths and like there's moments of silence that we need to take and just <laughs> so I do appreciate folks listening and, and bearing bearing with me well <laughs> uh, yeah just letting things land as well yeah yeah I think that's important. When we're talking about imprisonment, I think the scale of it can sometimes be really overwhelming for mm. people. So um, to take a moment and think about what it means to have nearly two and a half million people living in cages in the United States, like let that sit in, sit with the gravity of that. And again, that's not counting everybody who's in detention. That's yeah. not counting juveniles. That's not counting, you know, people in lock psychiatric. That's, you know, that's like prisons and jails, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's worth a pause. I think it's worth a deep breath <laughs> yeah. um, to think about that. And I think with a grounded, deep breath, it's also easier to imagine what else. So, yes. you know, worth pausing Yeah. and thinking about that for a minute. Yeah. Yes. And also, of course, seeing the connection between that and capitalism and like following the money and finding elected officials and companies who are investing in this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for the prison system, that's less of an issue. Um, private mm -hmm. prisons are less than 10% mm -hmm. um, of, you know, the kind of overall scale of imprisonment in the United States. And so that's kind of a, a non-issue, actually, mm. of private imprisonment for prisons and jails. But for detention, it's actually a huge, <laughs> a huge yeah. issue. And so paying attention I to see. kind of the growing sector there, mm -hmm. um, I think, is really, really really important. Oh, and, yes. You know, it's always good to follow the money regardless. I mean, in the case of prisons and jails, it leads you back to the governmental agencies for the most part, oh, but yeah. you should follow the money anyway. It doesn't make it any less egregious. Right. <laughs> that it's not private doesn't make it any less egregious. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does feel at times like insurmountable just recognizing how institutionalized so much of it is. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Yeah. Right? I mean... The prison system in the United States is relatively young, mm. right? A couple hundred years old. Mm. Um, and, you know, 
there are really, really um, durable and creative and smart ways that people have been fighting ever since the first prisons were opened. Yes. And so, yes. Um, you know, when we're talking about those histories of resistance, there's always been resistance to imprisonment, even yes. since the beginning of, you know, institutional imprisonment in the United States. Um so I think that's actually really important to remember. Mm-hmm. And to circle back to, you know, where we started around yeah. Abolish Ice, you know, to my mind, there would not be the traction around Abolish Ice if there had not been decades of people slow and steadily making the case for the abolition of imprisonment, the right. abolition of policing. So that that call comes in that way, mm-hmm. um, I think has a very particular connection to the work to abolish imprisonment over yes. the past decades. And, you know, I know that it's its own thing, but I think, you know, that's the eroding, mm-hmm. you know, of a certain common sense around which things need to exist yes. in what forms and for what purpose. And, you know, I'm really grateful, right, to everybody who's put in all of the work over these decades yes. to shift that logic, to yes. make that less commonsensical, to make that more of a question that's up in people's mind. Do mm-hmm. we need to lock people in cages? Do we need policing? Do we need, you know, surveillance in the world? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so, you know, I think those connections also make me encouraged yes. about what's possible to, to fight. I mean, just here in the state of California alone, um, you know, organizers, grassroots organizers, yes. prevented the state of California from building a new jail or a new prison for almost 20 years when yeah. they had been building one every single year mm. for decades, right? So, you know, I, that's a small thing, in some ways, but it's a big thing because if you multiply a 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 bed prison right. times the number of people who will cycle through it in its lifetime, yes, right? who yes. will be caged in that you know building and its attendant you know uh, apparatus over that period of time, that's tens of thousands, that's hundreds of thousands of people, mm-hmm. um, and preventing the possibility of that imprisonment um, is kind of one of those places. But we also see that around the shifting logic around policing. We also see that around the shifting logic of juvenile detention, right? There's Mm -hmm. been huge um, changes in in the use of imprisonment for young people. We see that in, you know, the elimination of the use of indefinite solitary confinement in the state of California, right? Mm -hmm. By the organizing of imprisoned people Mm -hmm. in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. Um, The hunger strikes of 2011-2013 catalyzed all kinds of changes Mm -hmm. that led to a legal change where the state of California can't use indefinite solitary confinement anymore, right? These are really, really meaningful things, really meaningful fights, really meaningful wins that people have gained, Mm -hmm. you know, even in the face of what appears to be insurmountable. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing that. That's, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I hope the listeners, uh, yeah, get that as well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. Ah, we got to keep ah, fighting, right? So oh, we have course. to, you know, not not to trick ourselves about mm-hmm. what our situation is, but mm-hmm. to remind ourselves that the fight isn't futile yes. either. Yeah. And I th- something I've been really appreciating is just the folks kind of coming back and continuing to come back. Definitely. And it's it's fairly, ah, uh, it just... And we are yeah. really, really lucky in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um to be surrounded by so many veterans of so many movements who are mm. still really active. Mm-hmm. 
it's unlike any other place I've ever lived in that regard. And um, yeah, I feel very grateful for for the work that people do and keep doing. Yes. You know, over the years and, um, you know, when when the Bay Area starts to bum me out, that's one of the things that kind of brings me back to life. So. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. It's always, there's always something going on and ways to check in with folks. So, yeah, I can see where that makes it easier in a lot of ways for folks to then take action and join organizations. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to choose from here. Yeah. And some good continuity over, you know, (laughs) history too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Cool. We can take a bit of a music break if you're up for that. Sure. Um, And then we'll be back in a bit. And let's see, I'll get back to what we were playing before. And be back in a bit. Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation. Wasting time in the unemployment lines. Sitting around waiting for a promotion. Don't you know? Talking about a revolution sounds. Poor people gonna rise up. Get there, yeah. Gonna rise up and take what's there. Don't you know you better run, 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 Talking about a revolution, oh no. Talking about a revolution, oh, oh. While they're standing in the welfare lines, crying to those of the armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around waiting for a promotion. Don't you know? Talking about a revolution sounds.
right. And welcome back to the weekly review. Joined here by Rachel Herzing. Thanks again so much for being here. I really appreciate everything you shared. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So also want to do another plug for the organization you're with and folks. It's the Center for Political Education. And folks can check that out online at politicaleducation.org. I hope they will. Yes. It's please. a new website. Thanks to the good folks at Design Action. So. It looks great. <laughs> There's lots of, yeah, lots of resources here. So thank you so much. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we... Um... I can't think of anything specific to, to plug. I mean, mm-hmm. I just in, in spirit of, you know, the last part of our conversation, yeah. I just really want to encourage people to get up with something. Yes. You know, like... Yes. Um, I have a feeling that a lot of your listeners are probably involved in ongoing work and ongoing Mm -hmm. campaigns and stuff. But for anybody who's, um, you know, not, there's so much stuff going on in the Bay Area. It's a really, really good and and all across the country. I don't know where your listeners are, Um, but it's uh, a good time. To put yourself to work. Yes. Trying yeah. to trying to change the system, trying to shift power. And there are a lot of different ways to do it right now. So taking some step mm-hmm. is actually a really good step. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. Sweet. Well, th- uh, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good luck with, uh, with the show. And oh, yeah. it's really um, great that you're helping spread information about the work that's happening. Oh, yes. There's... <sighs> yes. Okay. <laughs> it's only after one. Usually there's some point in the show and I just kind of whew, have to take a, take a break and uh, and that's it's early on today. So, um yeah, thanks again so much for being here and again, folks can please check out politicaleducation.org and we'll be speaking more about that on the on the program as we go on. And thanks again so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Roman. Of course. We're going to take another music break and we'll be back uh after this.
Welcome back to the Weekly Review. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio is a great place. Come by. There's live shows. There's music. There's comedy. A lot of things. There's a lot of great shows. Check out mutinyradio.fm. Check out our whole schedule. There's lots of great things here. And we have spaces available for rent. So if you're interested in doing a show or anything, really, here on a Saturday night, we have spaces available. Pretty cool. I can't recommend it highly enough as a place to come do your thing it's pretty awesome there's also now i believe an aa meeting happening here on wednesday evenings it's not broadcast on the air of course uh however if folks are in recovery and interested in coming to a place to talk about things i believe it's wednesdays at 8 30 check out on our on our schedule check out online mutinyreader.fm and come come through cool so i've got some more news stories because there's lots of news and I do have something positive I just found out right before the show started, and that is that uh, Scarlett Johansson has dropped out of Rub and Tug, which is a film in which she was cast as a trans man. So, and Scarlett, of course, who has played a character who was Asian before and has... (sighs) I'm not going to talk too much about it because I'm going to get super angry. Um, The good thing is that she has withdrawn from this role, and I appreciate all the folks speaking out about it and how... As a trans person, (sighs) yes, good. So that's a good thing. And I noticed on the show many years ago, probably around the second year I was doing the show, is that the positive news stories are when things that are bad stop from happening or are prevented from happening or no longer happen. The beginning of the show, we're talking a lot about decriminalization and legalization of cannabis around the country. And it was like, oh, this shouldn't have been illegal in the first place. But that's a good, it's a good, it's a good thing. So that's kind of where we're still at. Our positive news stories, things to be grateful for and happy for, can be when things that were going to be bad are prevented from happening. So that's good. Gotta hold on to that. So that's something positive. Ah, <sighs> okay. Also, all right. Well, okay. So we're gonna go into something that's not positive and that's the GOP being existing in the first place. That's not good. And then, so this article came out yesterday and it's from LGBTQ nation Republicans vote to make it legal nationwide to ban gays and lesbians from adopting. They're oftentimes also in a point in the show when I want to throw things out the window. We can't really, I can't really access it from here. However, the urge is inside me to, Yeah. I've got the urge. I definitely have the urge. Okay. It's really folks who just want to make things worse and harder and just, okay. We all, I think the folks listening to the show understand we're on the same page. I'll go into the specifics because it doesn't just affect gays and lesbians, which is a thing that a lot of us who are queer are like, hey, they're coming after us now and they're also going to come after you. So it's, it's, it goes beyond the certain groups that are called out. Please understand that, it starts off with us and it's also inclusive of some other folks as well. So we'll be getting to that in the article. And it was written by Sarah Tose, T-O-C-E, and it came out on Thursday, July 12th. The House Appropriations Committee on Wednesday, House Appropriations Committee, that's a name. Okay. On Wednesday, passed an amendment allowing taxpayer-funded adoption agencies to deny LGBTQ families the ability to adopt a child based on religious objection. You know, a lot of us have religious objections to bigots, but... Anyway, I guess we don't form enough committees about that. All right. The amendment appears on a funding bill for the Department of Labor, Health, and Human Services and Education. (laughs) 
If it remains in the final bill, the amendment would cut 15% of federal adoption funding to states and and localities that penalize adoption agencies that refuse to place children in families that conflict with the agency's quote-unquote sincerely held religious beliefs or convictions. The amendment also bars the federal government from refusing to work with adoption agencies that discriminate. The vote in the committee was 29 to 23 along party lines, with Representative Scott Taylor, a Republican from Virginia, the lone Republican, to vote against the amendment. <sighs> House Republicans are pandering to the far-right base of the exp- at the expense of the LGBTQ people, of LGBTQ people and children in need of a home, said Democratic National Committee LGBTQ Media Director Lucas Acosta. Rather than focusing on empowering families or uniting children with their parents, Republicans on the House Appropriations Committee, I still just can't believe that's a thing, but I guess I can, voted to give child welfare agencies a license to discriminate against qualified potential parents. Acosta added, across the country, LGBTQ candidates are running for office and taking a stand against the Trump GOP agenda, which seeks to roll back the progress we have made. In November, voters will stand together in the face of this bigotry and hate and elect Democrats up and down the ticket. In addition to LGBTQ people and same-sex couples, the amendment would also impact interfaith couples, single parents, married couples in which one prospective parent has been previously has previously been divorced, or other qualified parents to whom an agency could have an objection. That's pretty much most people I know. Ah, ah. I'm, I try to scream and yelp away from the mic. I don't always do it, but it's like, I mean, that's a thing I think folks really need to understand is that it's, it's bad enough that it's, it's, it's like, it's so many people. So if you're not, if you're like not LGBTQ and you don't have any friends, I don't know if, why you'd be listening to this show in the first place. Who are you? However, you okay. I don't know. Okay. Don't want to shame anyone. However, uh, if you're not already upset that they're discriminating against LGBTQ people also recognize they're discriminating against a lot more folks in this in this proposed bill. A big barrier to placing children with families is a lack of qualified prospective parents having the government give contractors and subcontractors a license to discriminate, thereby limiting the pool of prospective parents for no legitimate reason is unconscionable and unacceptable use of taxpayer dollars. I'm also going to add that, I don't know, police, prisons, military, those are some other, other unacceptable uses of taxpayer dollars. Since we're talking about it, I thought I would add, I would add that in. If I were reading a paper, I would put in with pencil. How about also these unacceptable uses? Cool. Any member of Congress who supports this amendment is clearly stating that it is more important to them to discriminate than it is to find loving homes for children in need, said David Stacey, governor, director of government, government affairs at the Human Rights Campaign. Congress should be focusing on ways to help children in the child welfare system find homes rather than creating needless obstacles for perspective for prospective parents, effectively shrinking the pool of qualified folks who want to provide children with a loving home. HRC urges Congress to reject this discriminatory amendment in the final appropriations bill. HRC recently released a a report disregarding the best interest of the child licensed to discriminate in child welfare services, detailing the harm of efforts to write anti-LGBTQ discrimination by child welfare agencies into law. Statistics suggest that an estimated 2 million LGBTQ adults in the U.S. are interested in adoption, but the LGBTQ community often remains an untapped resource when it comes to finding families for children and youth in foster care. Taxpayer dollars should never be used to promote discrimination against any American LGBTQ or otherwise, said Casey Safrandini, president 
of strategy at Freedom for All Americans. It's shocking to see some lawmakers willing to hurt not only LGBTQ Americans, but vulnerable children waiting for forever homes. This is just the latest example that discrimination against LGBTQ Americans is real, urgent, and a detriment to all Americans and should be cured by federal comprehensive protections as soon as possible. Nine states already have laws on the books that allow child welfare agencies receiving taxpayer funding to discriminate against LGBTQ youth and families. Alabama, Kansas, Michigan, Mississippi, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, and Virginia. Five of those bills have passed in the last two years. According to data from the Family Equality Council's Every Child Deserves a Family campaign, more than 21,000 youth were waiting adoption in these states. Ah. This is now another time to throw fucking things out the window. Ah. A hearing is scheduled for Thursday, July 12th in Dumont versus Lyon, a challenge to Michigan's law that allows state-funded adoption agencies to cite religion as a reason for turning away foster parents or adoptive parents based on their sexual orientation. Research consistently shows that LGBTQ youth are overrepresented in, fo- in the foster care system as many have been rejected by their families of origin because of their LGBTQ status and are especially vulnerable to discrimination and mistreatment while in foster care. This type of amendment will only exacerbate these challenges faced by LGBTQ p- young people. And the article also provides a link to the specific amendment's text. You can find this article at lgbtqnation.com. Ah. Ah, I'm going to scream again. (sighs) We've also shared this article on our news page, which unfortunately you find through Facebook for the time being, facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. Please follow and like the page for more news and current events. Coming up um, right now, because we're here, going to share, oh, we have a, okay, we did have a phone call. Okay, let's check this out. Ah, the sweet, sweet sound of a dial tone. Uh, Not really. I do appreciate when folks call in. Please call back. Okay, coming up, we were talking briefly about the prison strike of 2018. There's prison strikes all the time. And here's some more information. Folks can check out incarceratedworkers.org forward slash campaigns forward slash prison dash strike dash 2018. And the text says, I'm going to change it so it's not nine, so it's not binary language okay people incarcerated in prisons across the nation declare a nationwide strike in response to the riot in lee correctional institution a maximum security prison in south carolina seven comrades lost their lives during a senseless uprising that could have been avoided had the prison not been so overcrowded from the greed wrought by mass incarceration and a lack of respect for human life that is embedded in our nation's penal ideology These people are demanding humane living conditions, access to rehabilitation, sentencing reform, and the end of modern-day slavery. They have a press release that's by the Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, by Jailhouse Lawyers Speak. They have an IWOC endorsement, the Fire Inside Collective Endorsement and Analysis, and they also say learn more at, um, I'm going to read it, sawarimi.org forward slash national-prison-strike, and all this also can be found if you go to incarceratedworkers.org. I'm going to read their demands. 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 (sighs) Immediate improvements to the conditions of prisons and prison policies that recognize the humanity of imprisoned people. I'm going to, again, just change their... I, I try not to change things, but I just prefer to not use gendered language when it's possible, and it's... It's usually possible. 
An immediate end to prison slavery. All persons imprisoned in any place of detention under United States jurisdiction must be paid the prevailing wage in their state or territory for their labor. Three, the Prison Litigation Reform Act must be rescinded, allowing imprisoned humans a proper channel to address grievances and violations of their rights. Four, the Truth and Sentencing Act and the Sentencing Reform Act must be rescinded so that imprisoned humans have a possibility of rehabilitation and parole. No human shall be sentenced to death by incarceration or serve any sentence without the possibility of parole. Five, an immediate end to the racial overcharging, oversentencing, and parole denials of black and brown humans. Black humans shall no longer be denied parole because the victim of the crime was white, which is a particular problem in southern states. Six, an immediate end to racist gang enhancement laws targeting black and brown humans. Seven, no imprisoned human shall be denied access to rehabilitation programs at their place of detention because of their label as a violent offender. Eight, State prisons must be funded specifically to offer more rehabilitation services. Nine, Pell Grants must be reinstated in all U.S. states and territories. Ten, the voting rights of all confined citizens serving prison sentences, pretrial detainees, and so-called quote-unquote ex-felons must be counted. Representation is demanded. All voices count. And endorsers include jailhouse lawyers speak, Millions for Prisoners, Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee, and the People's Consortium. And they also have a full list of endorsers, so there's even more folks. You can also add your organization's name by emailing prisonstrikemedia at gmail.com. You can also support the strike. Uh, it says, educate yourself and others about the strike demands. And they have a link to the Read the Prison Strike zine. Listen to an interview with Jailhouse Lawyers Speak Organizers, which we might just play on this program. Follow hashtag August 21st and hashtag Prison Strike on social media. Also, you can endorse the strike by emailing your organization statement to prisonstrikemedia at gmail.com. Spread the word of the strike both inside and outside. Organize a phone tree in preparation for phone zaps. Amplify incarcerated voices via social media using the August 21st hashtag, which is hashtag August 21st, and hashtag prison strike hashtags. That was me. Because, okay, I'm trying to communicate what's written as verbally. Okay. Also, you can join or organize a solidarity demo. The campaign scope is national. Okay. Cool. That's a lot. So, thanks so much for listening. Coming up next... We're not ending just yet, but we will be in a little bit. Coming up at 2 p.m. is a return of Women's Magazine with Global Val. And at 3 p.m. is followed by the return of Common Thread Collective with Global Val and Diamond Dave and many folks who come in to share their music and poetry and words. It's a really cool program. Um, folks are welcome to come in. Also, folks are always welcome to come into Mutiny Radio when we're here doing shows. We're happy to have folks, happy to encourage people to share their voices with the population. Okay. So I am going to play this now. This is a nationwide strike, nationwide prison strike set for August 21st to September 9th. I'm going to play this now. It's on SoundCloud uh, and it's produced by Black Agenda Radio. It was come out, it came out two months ago. So we're going to play this. And when I come back, we'll probably just play some music and um, have a bit of an outro. And if there's any other news that I missed, I'm sure there's plenty of news I missed. Oh, briefly, 45 was in London and I heard 250,000 people protested. Well, that's a lot of folks. There's people making art and 
like a giant, like a people making a blimp of him, people with signs, chanting, singing, lots of different tactics. And so thanks to the folks over there for also putting up with someone who, okay, I'm not going to, maybe you can read my mind and yeah, read my mind and think about kind of stuff I'm thinking about and how if these folks weren't in positions of power, we wouldn't have to deal with any of this. So let's create that world we want to live in where that's not the case. All right, there we go. That's That sums it up. All right. So here is the nationwide prison strike set for August 21st to September 9th. You can find this also on SoundCloud. Coming August 21st to September 9th, the inmates have put forward a list of 10 demands, including an end to work without wages behind the bars. Black Agenda radio producer Kyle Frazier spoke with two of the organizers. Brother Akin Yele works with the inmate group Unheard Voices, OTCJ, based in South Carolina, where fighting among inmates at the Lee Correctional Facility left seven dead and many injured last month. Brother D is a member of Jailhouse Lawyers Speak. This particular striker here was called by a number of prisoners throughout the nation. I'm sure you probably have the document in front of you. And also, he's a lot of guys that was already familiar with previous strikes, September the 9th, all the way down to the last one was August the 19th. After the incident that occurred at a league prison in South Carolina, a lot of the prisoners that was very familiar with prison conditions throughout the nation felt they need to stand up and support South Carolina, particularly South Carolina prisoners, in their human rights struggle for better conditions as well as citizen reform inside the state. So South Carolina is pretty much reflective of the rest of the nation. The only thing is we want to put a spotlight on the state of South Carolina because the state of South Carolina's incident is an indictment on the nation as a whole. The only difference is, is that in this particular incident, you had over seven casualties behind enemy lines. The national demands that have been drawn up, we've always drawn them up in the context of prison slavery. We understand what prison slavery is. We understand the fundamentals of the prison system. We understand the foundations of it. With that said, they've drawn up in that context, but it was drawn up with this time, but separate from the September the 9th and August the 19th, is that they are drawn up from the perspective also with federal prisoners being involved in the conversation as well this time. So that kind of changes the dynamics of what's actually taking place now. There are some specific acts and laws which pertain to imprisoned individuals that are being targeted as regards y'all's demands. These are laws that were signed during the Clinton regime, correct? Correct. You're absolutely correct. These are laws that came into effect, as you say, it was signed into laws under Bill Clinton. Particularly, you start dealing with things like the Prison Litigation Reform Act or the Truth and Sentencing Act. The Prison Litigation Reform Act, what it did was it strangled prisoners nationwide from having the ability to address grievances within the prison systems. Well, the state or federal, it strangled our hold. It did strangle our hold on that angle. It also strangled our hold on having access to the courts, not through just civil litigation, but also through criminal litigation as it relates to addressing our convictions. Once upon a time, when new evidence arrived or any evidence arrived, you was able to immediately address it in the court system. But now, it is a deadline. If you don't have a file within a year, then your entire case is gone. And it goes on and on and on. And what they did was it was an intentional design to hinder prisoners' access throughout the nations to the courts. 
So we're looking at these type of things right here. These are things that prisons throughout the nation feel that has caused or accumulated to the position that we are in today, or us to living in the condition we're living in today, as well as truth and sentencing, uh, which Brother Comrade here brought up with the work he's doing. They're addressing the state of South Carolina and other places throughout the nation, but in the state of South Carolina right now, they're trying to have the 85% drop down to 65. I think it's 60. Brother, is it 60, 65%, correct? 65, 65, yeah trying to have that drop down right now. This is a courageous effort because a lot of other states have also started to reevaluate this particular policy as well that was forced on states actually in order to continue to receive federal funding. And it doesn't just stop there. As you can see the list of demands they're across the board. We understand that they impact of living conditions back inside this nation. These particular laws, the way they was designed, it was designed to dehumanize us as well as to make us feel hopeless. Absolutely. So, Brother Akin, would you be willing to expand a bit more on that act in particular, the Truth and Sentencing Act, and how it is affecting y'all inside? They had on the news down here uh, yesterday that the governor, master down here, gave an executive order, and everybody was waiting in anticipation that hopefully there was something good for the prisoners or something that was going to help the situation back here. But his, his executive order just basically was dealing with lifting certain standards, I guess, for people they were hiring. So they're basically just hiring more employees. Nothing that was said about the situation that's going on back here. Hiring more employees is not going to help the prisoners be rehabilitated and things of that nature. So inmates, like the brother was saying, what they're trying to do is it gets them to go back a lot to do with the old system that they had prior to a previous director they had by the name of Michael Moore. He came to the prison system, he saw how the prisoners were living at that time, this was like in the mid-90s, and he took a lot of things away, like state pay. You know, a lot of people think that prisoners are going to get paid for labor, but we don't. The only prisoners that do get paid are those who work prison industries, which is a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, in federal prisons and state prisons, everybody can work prison industries. So every other job on the prison there's plumbing, electricians, carpenters, landscapers, cooks, janitors, whatever it may be. We don't get paid for none of that work. We got to work for free. Hearts of inmates are also asking for things that they used to give, like credit for good time and good behavior. And just a sense of giving the guys some hope. They had all kind of programs. Now, with these mandatory sentences, the prisoners basically lost all hope. It's like a survival of the fittest type of thing back here. The fact that they took the state pay thing away, it hurts because now the prisoners rob and steal to take care of themselves or to provide for their families. Fathers who still have children on the outside who they attempted to take care of. They had jobs and stuff, but they can actually still work. They can still do that. It's unfair to the mothers out there who are raising their children on their own. The living situation back here, it's like a concentration camp, it's like in Gulag. The food, is some of it is, 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 is labeled not for human consumption. Some of the cleaning solutions that they give us is institutional use only. It doesn't disinfect, it doesn't sanitize. People are getting versatile, they get staph diseases. Uh, we're housed with people with hepatitis and people with HIV and AIDS and all these kind of things. And when your immune system is not operating properly, it can also lead to vitamin deficiency, making it difficult for you to reproduce upon leaving prison. The grievance system in which we are supposed to grieve our issues too. They actually work for the, the prison. They, they're not but the employees here, so that's a, another biased thing. And one of the issues that in 1971, dealing with the Attic historical uprising, is that they had no way of getting the grievances and stuff out. This is how the grievance system and this is how the, the inmate representative committee and all these things came into play a long time after that. 
And South Carolina prison system does not recognize these things. They treat this prison system just like you still in slavery. They just want you to work and lay down, work and lay down, work and lay down. That's all they want you to do and do nothing else. Nothing else productive is going on. They said on the news yesterday where all the things that was placed in the Senate House for last year, six bills was on the table dealing with parole, dealing with sentencing reform, even the bill for the House of Inmates, the age 51, 55. They haven't even looked at it yet. So anything, anything that has been placed on the governor's desk or anything that nature regards to veteran the prison system itself, as well as resolutions to prepare housing of prisoners, they totally neglected to even acknowledge these things. All they're talking about is getting money from these people to hire more employees. Hire more employees, hire more employees. That's not a resolution to the problem back here. You guys have lost all hope. They feel like if we were sentenced here to die, then they just don't care no more. You are also demanding that Pell Grants be reinstated. What justification could these prison slavers possibly offer as to why Pell Grants inside of prisons should not exist? Absolutely, absolutely. For me, there's no justification for it. When they took it from us, it was definitely a part of a dehumanization process. A lot of people during that time here was complaining because prisoners was actually being educated. Prisoners was coming home more educated. Prisoners had more opportunities to get jobs. This is a dumb down of the prison population, and this is what they're sending back out into society. So this is not helping society. Prisoners are making things worse. Absolutely. Just to add on to that just a little bit, just to give it a little visual, even when people commit crimes, whether they're guilty or not, when they come into this prison system right here, in South Carolina, as I said before, they want you to work. Just like in slavery time, you get up, you work all day long, you go back to your slave quarters and sleep to the next day, whatever. That's exactly how they run things in South Carolina. This is the everyday thing. Slaves weren't allowed to learn and stuff like that. The educational system, they got one little small little building and it's supposed to be for people to get their GEDs is always backed up. They got to listen so long. The, the, the GED whole program they got is behind. They don't have no computers and stuff. Technology and society is advancing, but the prisoners are not advancing in regards. You got guys that have been back here 30 years who thinking that they still go in society and get a piece of paper to fill out their application. Society is way past that. Everything is almost on computers now. They're not having us advance at all. It's like they just want to keep us in a zombie state. There's nothing for the guy to do but stand around and just indulge in negative activities. And as I said before, the money part is important because guys will result in robbing, stealing, and hurting each other to get to provide for themselves because the food that they serve us, the quality of it and the quantity of it is nowhere near for a grown man. They feed us like we're children to keep us small, to keep us weak, so that we can't really fight back in no kind of way, whether mentally, physically, or spiritually. Every door that's open that has anything to do with resolutions, they close it, they close it, they close it. They say they don't have no money in South Carolina, but presently, right now, in South Carolina, on Broad River Road, they are building a new prison. Right now. It's almost complete. What would be the best way that those on the outside can go about supporting these actions beginning in August? I like to close out with August the 21st. We have a number of different states right now that are involved making this call. We're asking people, first of all, if you want to know how to get involved and know who to contact, you can reach at prisoners at gmail.com. We 
can direct you to any local organization that may be organizing on the ground. If you're trying to reach out to us, media contacts, reach us at prisonstrikemedia.gmail.com. As far as generally what they can do, they can support any local prisoner organizers on the outside, as well as contact prisoners inside, notify prisoners. We can't reach all prisoners. Notify prisoners of the national strike that's going down in their states, and not only in the prisons, but in the county jails, immigration detention centers, as well as the federal pens as well. We're asking people to download the PDF copy of the national strike demands, circulate it. We're asking people to drop banners, to hold rallies, whether you're holding rallies at the local prisons, the local courthouses, the local jails. We want you to hold rallies, support the call on August 21st, get the word out as much as you possibly can. Just to add on to that, as well as on August 21st, we are asking that our loved ones go out to their state houses, wherever city or state they may be in, and rally there. We were trying to pull buses and things and raise money for it in South Carolina so that we can have our loved ones outside rally for us in front of these state houses the same day that we lay down in prison to show some unification with us. Sometimes family members come to prison and they visit their loved ones, but the prisoner might don't talk about the things going on back here. They might just want to spend that time with their family and not stress them out or worry them about the situation back here. But we need loved ones to start asking their family members what's going on back there. How are you living back there? Give me the truth so I can know what's going on. Okay. The latest Israeli atrocities are with over 70 murders. So, again, folks can check this out. It's um, on SoundCloud, and that was Nationwide Prison Strike set for August 21st to September 9th, and that was put out by Black Agenda Radio. And, yes, so we are coming to the end of the program. I'll give a few brief notes of things that are coming up that folks can participate in and or spread the word about if you are able. A big thank you to Rachel Herzing for coming in and speaking with us. Uh, And also, if you want to check out the Center for Political Education, please do so. If you go to politicaleducation.org, they have a lot of resources there. You can also donate to them. They have programs, get involved, updates, lots of Lots of ways to participate. Sounds like a really awesome organization. So grateful for folks doing this work. And there's more of us than there are of them. There's more folks resisting and wanting to create the world that we deserve to live in than the folks who are looking to take that away. So I try to remember that as often as I can. A few upcoming events that folks can participate in or check out, starting off with this evening. And also, quick note, I don't always go in sequence here. I just found out uh, there's a, also an article in LGBTQNation.com. Scottish leader will kick off Pride Parade instead of meeting with 45. Now imagine if other um, representatives in America could do that too. That would be pretty awesome. So that sounds cool. Okay, so oh, how to segues are difficult when there's so much going on. And uh, okay, we do our. I do. I do my best. I show up. Do my best. Okay. Also, room for improvement. I get that. Okay, so from Occupy Ice, which you can like, quote unquote, like on on Facebook and can follow on on Twitter as well. There's Occupy Ice camps around the country. There are vigils happening tonight, so folks, please do come through if you're able to. And they're happening in Portland, LA, San Francisco, New York, Tacoma, Philadelphia, San Diego, Atlanta, Detroit, and Louisville. And the I believe I've shared this on our weekly review. 
Facebook page. You go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. Also, I've shared video footage from Resistance SF. There were arrests that happened on early Sunday, or actually it was early Monday morning, technically, and folks there were recording it. And it's just also wanting to provide a, a content warning ahead of time for folks who are interested in and watching. And I do appreciate this uh, filmographer who was going up to police officers and reading their names and badges and letting them know how they're participating in this system. So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot going on. I, I don't know how to phrase it. Just wanting to provide information. There's a lot of different ways that folks can learn what's happening and share information. There we go. Okay, moving along. Ah, I don't have a script. I hope folks recognize that. I'm going to do this show for a long time. Don't have a script. I kind of come in, I speak, share information that I can. Okay, a call to action. The Occupy Ice movement is going national Friday, July 13th. The Occupy Ice movement will be joining nationally in the hashtag 1 million flames candlelight vigil to show solidarity with families detained by ice and announce a national movement to hashtag abolish ice. People across the nation sleeping outside in solidarity with families being held by ice have been relentlessly harassed and assaulted by police departments and racist groups. Their First Amendment rights have been trampled by city officials and federal organizations alike. And I'm also going to interject by just say that here in San Francisco, we're supposed to be a sanctuary city. Same with Portland. It's supposed to be a sanctuary city, yet the police went in and arrested people. Again, third time in the show, I want to throw things out the window. My anger and my rage. I'm going to continue reading. It's just that you get, you get where I'm coming from. Okay, moving along. It's, okay, it's so, it's, Okay deep breath in okay okay the first amendment rights have been trampled by city officials and federal organizations alike we have a right to speak we have a right to assemble if you care about human beings on the ground holding space or the families inside the walls light a candle in your community to show solidarity with detained and deported families we do this in love to magnify the support of human rights equality and compassion around the world Below is a list of vigils taking place across the nation Friday night. Join a lake, join a location near you or create your own where you are. Light a candle with a friend, have a conversation, hold space, and grow it from there. Cities, particip- Cities participating so far, more will be included in this post as they are added. Portland, Oregon, Tacoma, Washington, Los Angeles, California, San Francisco, California, Philadelphia, PA, Detroit, Michigan. And they have a, a million tiny flames create an inferno to hashtag melt ice. Art and signs are always welcome. In solidarity, Occupy Ice National Solidarity Coalition. All right. So that's happening tonight. If you're able and available to on Sunday and you're in the Bay Area, I want to recommend a workshop that folks can attend. I went to this um, when it was offered last year, I believe, and it's hosted by Poor Magazine a really great organization of folks and they do like schools and outreach and I really awesome. So check out poor magazine. And, um, so the event that's happening is Sunday, July 15th from 3 PM to 6 PM, how not to call the police sheriffs and courts ever workshop. And is this being held at First Congregational Church of Oakland, the United Church of Christ, which is at 2501 Harrison Street in Oakland. And a lot of folks are going, and you can find the 
uh, I'm having a little bit of I'm having difficulty with the tech stuff here. Here we go. It's on Facebook. You can find the um, event with more info, and I'll read the details here. The third, how not how to not call cops, sheriffs, and courts ever workshop featuring the poor, unhoused, disabled, black, brown, indigenous, elder, and youth leaders, artists, cultural workers of Poor Magazine, Prensa Pobre, Poor News Network, PNN, Homefulness, who have practiced this concept for 21 years, even throughout their own collective traumas, colonization, gentrification, family violence, eviction, incarceration, displacement, betrayal, and the attempted takedown of the landless people's movement called homefulness. Walking this walk among a poor and indigenous peoples-led movement means facing our demons all the time because we all come out of collective trauma experiences of racism, white supremacy, ableism, family violence, false borders, eviction, houselessness, criminalization, elder and child abuse, sexual violence, rape, incarceration, police violence, genderism, hate crimes, and so much more. This workshop will include and launch an ongoing teaching on poor people's traumatized people's accountability, how to redefine a Western white supremacist notion of security and hold each other through trauma, and into a true definition of interdependent safety. The workshop, the workshop will feature extended family members and family elders from the Idris Steli Foundation, ISF, Crip Hop Nation Worldwide, Sogoria Tailand Trust, and Poor Magazine's Family Elder Council, Elephant Council, where decisions are made, and Revolutionary Building Circle at Homefulness, Food, and much more. An important reminder to please come scent free, no smoking near the venue. And again, please avoid having smoke fragrance on your clothing. Scented audience members will be directed to a scented section. Spread the news. Please email poormag at gmail.com to register in this history making workshop. Please note they're asking a three to five dollar donation at the door or whatever you can offer to help support cover costs of the poverty disability scholars who are leading this powerful seminar. So again, you can find this event on Facebook, and I'm going to share it once more right now on the Weekly Review webpage as well. So if you're already following us on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Weekly Rev. Please like us. I, I share a lot of news articles there as well as events. I've shared, it, I've shared this event too as well. And you can also follow Poor Magazine, and they have shared this event as well. It's happening again Sunday, 3 to 6 p.m. at the First Congregational Church of Oakland at 2501 Harrison Street. All right. Seems like a good time to wrap up. Thanks so much for listening in. Wow, there was a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm going to take it easy for the rest of the day. Promoting the film, Sorry to Bother You. I think folks should check that out if you are able to. It's opening nationwide today. And also just, again, sending lots of love and solidarity to all the folks out there <sighs> fighting and living to create the world that we all deserve to live in. On that note, uh, stay tuned to Mutiny Radio, and we've got some more programming coming up. If you're interested in listening to some more programs, check out mutinyradio.fm. We've got archives of shows going back at least the last few years or so. And I've spread the word, and if you're interested in having a show here of your own and or renting the space, please do contact us at mutinyradio.fm. There's some information on the website. Now it's time to find a song to end on, and I think this one will be it. I think a lot of folks know it. We'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. 
You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on the court from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still life of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry R. Woman Liberationist and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Key, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or The Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. 
So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Visual and auditory mind control.